Hi, this is Jenna. And this is Heather. And this is Conspiracies Unlocked. What'd you do this weekend, Heather? So this uh, weekend, my son and I and one of our family friends watched the, the UFC 287 fight with Pereira and Adesanya. That's fun. I haven't seen a UFC fight since, um, I don't know, it was before I had kids. It was probably like seven or eight years ago. <laughs> It, it was a pretty good, uh, f I mean, we watched the entire, um... Like, four hours. It's like four hours, isn't well, it? Well, like I think it time? started at, like, three, and it was over at, like, 11, I think. Oh, my God. It's, like, eight eight hours. That's, like, a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of fights. Um, they go three rounds, and they're five-minute rounds. Um, but it wasn't just them fighting; with other people fighting too, and they were like the they were the main uh, card. The main, yeah, yeah. They were. The, it was a main card event, and Adesanya won the um, middleweight championship. So basically, um, he got his belt back because Yay. he got it back. He had it, and then he lost it. And it's like this big old thing. They've been going back and forth. Like I think like three or I think this is our fourth fight. And he got the belt back, and he was super cocky, dancing around. Of course and he was. I he was too. He just like he probably has a concussion now too. And, right. Oh, I don't know what he has, but he has definitely um, a lot of money now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did before, but yeah, now he has more. <laughs> I went to go see Super Mario Brothers with my little cousins. Oh, how fun! Yeah, that was super fun. I've been waiting like thirty something years to for a movie like this to come out. So you know, I was excited. They're little; they were excited because they've had it their whole life. Yeah, and I took to the two two of my boys as well, so we all got to go, and yeah, it was super cute. It it actually went by like really quick. Like I thought that I would get bored of it like halfway through the theater just like my mind go off because like that's what happens when I went to Paw Patrol and all these other kid movies yeah so there was that concern but okay guys you got if you ever played Super Mario Brothers you gotta go see it because there's so many like it, it references like everything from like this the main thing is like getting the star that's like their goal or whatever oh yeah okay but um they have the flower where it shoots and he turns into a raccoon eventually where he can fly and, oh like, how cute so they do like the whole thing and then there is a super special surprise thing at the end you have to wait until all the credits are done like mm, all I the credits that. yeah and then um and the only reason why I stuck around I made my little cousin so he's like let's go it's it's not gonna work it's not gonna happen and I was like no I read it online somebody said that there's like a super cool after thing or whatever so it was good I'm not gonna ruin it but I was like it was like the last little like oh my gosh yeah they brought it back like I love it so it's worth waiting for the it's end worth credits. it yeah it's like five minutes for the credits and then it's worth it why not like you know so. Maybe I'll ask my son if he wants to go see Super Mario Brothers, because we have played, uh, I think it's Mario Kart. And Finley's actually in the studio with us right now. We're, um, we, we did it after work today randomly. It's a Monday. And, yeah, he's here listening in. I Checking think ignoring us. He has you want to <laughs> say hi? You want to say, say hi? hi? Say hi. Hi. I don't know if you guys could hear that. He's at the other side of the room, but he had his little <laughs> hi. All right, so um, I'm going to talk about the Rothschild family today because we literally cannot do a conspiracy without that name coming up. Like, you've done it, you've said them two or three times yes. in these past, I know that I've said them for sure two or three times, so I, I actually went in looking to do a different um, topic, and I was going through different topics I wanted to do, and I, and I forget which one I was going to do, but instantly Rothschild family, and I was like, who the fuck are these people? Like, right, yeah. They're, they're just like, they're just notorious, infamous, like, they're just there. Yes, like, who yeah. are they? Where did they come from? Where are they now? Like, 
why are they, why do they control all the money, and why do they have their little hands on everything? And I'm sure you're going to get into it, because you are, but I know that they go back a lot, like many yeah. generations. Oh, so yeah, they it's have, generational It's been wealth. a long it's time. Crazy. It's like nothing new, like, yeah. it's not like the... You were just hearing, we're hearing a lot about it now. It's been, that they've be been like, around forever. Like Bezos and like, mm-hmm. you know, those, those, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Those are like new, new, new wealthy people. But these people, they've been controlling and there's their theories that they're controlling World Bank and that they control everything. And you'll find out why, like, cause they, they did. I don't like, you'll see, we will get into it. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm very interested. So, um, so I had already known that they were a prominent, influential, wealthy family within the world of banking and finance, but I didn't exactly know like how far they went. So I looked further into it, and um, some of their origin is from just being at the right place at the right time. Like their oh. origin story is like so, like just everything kind of fell together just right, like planets right or lined, stars shine bright, just pure luck, I guess. Wow. Um, of course, like, there was some, like, hard work, and, you know, they had to chase it a little bit, but, and they took what they had, it was, like, almost making lemonade out of, or lemons, you know? Yeah. They took whatever they had, and they did it, so they're, like, smart, but it really was, like, whenever I go through here and be like, wow, like, they really did, it kind of just fell into them, and they just kept rolling with it, and just, like, snowball effect, you know? Like, yeah. they had, like, a little bit, and they just kept rolling it, and then just collecting and rolling and rolling and rolling. Um... So the family can trace their origins all the way back to the 15th century. Oh, okay. So yeah. not the-, the money part, but okay. how far they can just do their DNA and their, like, family tree. And the family is named Rothschild, and that means Red Shield in Yiddish. Oh. Because their ancestor was in the house of the Red Shield. Whatever ancestor from the 15th century. Okay. And so remember, that's, like, how we get our last name, like, Farmer. Because, like, there were so many mm-hmm. Joes, but there was no, like last names at some point so they'd be like oh you know joe farmer down the road or yeah woodsman or yeah they were a woodsman no that i know i've heard that before yeah that makes sense i'm not sure if that's everywhere but that's how they let me make sense that that's how everybody would get their last name depending on their skill or their trade or or um maybe even where where they're from like in the mountains or something or i don't know whatever yeah mountain man like the woodsman well woodsman that's, that's what i was woods, yeah, yeah that's what i was like thinking mountain yeah. man and then people and then they, of course like, like a lumberjack well, maybe yeah would be, like yeah jack. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know or johnson because they have a long johnson <laughs> um okay anyways so that name rothschild became known in the financial world by um meyer amsel rothschild so meyer is spelled m-a-y-e-r Oh. So it's either Mayer or Meyer. I'm going to say Meyer because Meyer think, sounds funny. I think it might be Mayer. What I do think, you think it might be Mayer. You think so? Is that a name? I've never... Well, I'm thinking of, like, John Mayer. Isn't oh, his name spelled like that? I don't know, Or yeah. maybe it's not spelled like that. No, I think you're right. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do Mayer then. That's I fine. just instantly thought of John Mayer. I was Mayer. going back and forth the whole time, so I was like, I'll just decide once I start reading it. Who is an excellent gu- guitarist, by the way, and artist. Yes, yes, I've heard his songs many a times in uh, Starbucks. I love John. I, lo- I, I, I love John Mayer. Do you? I don't know why. I, really I like, just like do. one of his songs, or maybe it's Jack Johnson that I like. I can picture John Mayer. Anyways, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so my Mayor Amschel Rothschild was the sole person responsible for founding for the founding of the Rothschild banking dynasty that we know them now. Okay. And then, like yeah. 
So he was born into a German Ashkenazi family, Jewish family from Frankfurt in 1744. His parents were Amschel Moses Rothschild and Schantz Rothschild. He was the fourth son in a family of eight, and you'll notice that I only cover sons. Because mm. nobody cared about daughters because you they couldn't do anything. Well, so plus, if you notice, it's all yeah. about the sons. I'll name daughters, but I never go into detail, and you yeah. never see anything about them. You never hear about them because it's like they it's, couldn't do anything in the banking world. That, that's business. That's not they're, – they're supposed to stay at home. Well, it's also – it's like whoever they marry, they're going to take on that name, and then they're going to follow whatever that, their husband is going to be doing because yeah. at the time there was not like no feminists well, or anything. It's like they – like you said, they're just at home. What's funny, as, as I was going through the family tree, I noticed that a lot of the husbands actually took on the daughter's names. Really? Yeah, because you would think about it, and it's like, if any of my boys wanted to uh, marry a Rothschild, I'd be like, or even like, I don't know. A Musk? And, like, and, yeah, a Musk. Because like, they're little enough to yeah, marry an Elon yeah, Star. Go and do it, or yeah, son. Take on the, I don't know how their father would feel about that, but I'd be like, sure, I'll change my name too. Let's <laughs> do it. We're all Rothschilds now. Thank you. Like, so it makes sense. I realize I said Musk, but I thought he had a daughter. I think he only has a son now that I'm thinking about. He has it. like eight kids. He's like a Nick Cannon. Oh, no way. Yeah, he has a shit ton of kids. Oh, I guess I don't know. He definitely know. has a girl along the way, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's like eight kids. Um, so, uh, what was I going to say? Um, blah, 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 blah. So, he was the fourth son in the family of eight. And so, I actually think he was like sixth or seventh in line, but he was the fourth son. Oh, Nobody yeah. cares about the daughters. It's about the sons. He, um, he attended Frankfurt Cheddar. Cheddar is a traditional primary school teaching basics of Judaism and the Hebrew language. Oh. So instead of, like, elementary school, like, school, yeah. it's cheddar. That's what their, like, word for school is, I think. Unfortunately, he never finished school because his parents died early, and he had to go back home to help the family. So he opened a small shop in the ghetto, quote-unquote ghetto of Frankfurt, and he lived above the shop. And the shop was only, like, 500 square feet, and he raised all of his kids in this little tiny, like, apartment thing. Well, so the Rothschild, like, name actually is very humble beginnings. Yeah, well, because they were Jewish, and when they, when they were living in Frankfurt, they, um, they were, um, segregated. And that's Germany, right? Yeah. Yeah, and they were segregated. So Jewish people Mm -hmm. could only bank with Jewish people, and they had to live within Jewish people. It was like the black and whites in America. America during the 18, early 1900s, or whatever but um yeah it was the same thing except it was there and it was jewish so he was they were they were from jewish descent um so the shop was in the business of trading goods and currency exchange through his business contacts in the finance world he was able to do an apprenticeship under the banking firm simon wolf oppenheimer Mm oppenheimer sounds um Familiar because yeah, that's does. like a major like Charles Schwab, Oppenheimer. Yeah. They're the ones that I think do all the four hundred one k investments and stuff like that. So apparently they've been here for a long time too. Um, and I don't know who they are either. So maybe we'll do a story on them too eventually if we keep hearing their name. Yeah. So anyways, he spent five years learning everything that he could about that banking world and finances, and then he went back home to the family shop. Except now he had knowledge of foreign trade and foreign currency exchange. Where before he was just knew about what to do within like 
their little Jewish world, not mm-hmm. everything yeah. other countries. So he started dealing with rare co- coins, and that caught the eye of Prince Wilhelm of Hesse. Okay. In fact, Prince Wilhelm was actually looking for a financial aid benefactor, and guess who won the patronage of Crown Prince Wilhelm? Yep. My mayor. And wow. this is what really, like, catapulted that oh, Rothschild yeah, name. Oh, yeah, because now you're with the prince. This you're is the prince. You're with the fucking this prince. Is a, this is royalty. So that's, like, the yeah. thing. Yeah. You're basically, like, what, like a, a financial advisor to the ro- a royal family? Yeah. And then, um, in, that's so what I wrote down, 1969. It was not in 1969. He, he was not anything in 1969 because he was dead. By 1969, <laughs> he, uh, I'm trying to think, in, eight, in 1769. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, so he, he, that all happened in 1969. He held the title Court Factor, quote unquote. And the Court Factor is a Jewish banker who lent money to the government or royals. Mm, it's okay. interesting because they had to be a Jewish banker. In order to lend money to the royals? Yeah, that, well, that's what the court factor was. So oh, that was that title okay. is their Jewish banker. Oh, but why did they have I to don't be Jewish? Know. I don't know. I didn't get like I, I just didn't get that far into it. I was I was too busy looking at court maybe, factor. Was it was it that um, maybe it was like the Jewish community sticks together? So I want to have it, did they have maybe, to be well, Jewish? You know, Prince like Wilhelm so, just Hesse, support each Hesse other. Is Jewish. The prince isn't Jewish, I don't think. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm not yeah. sure. But so he's legit, like lending money to the royal family, and so that respect gave him, you know, that that name, catapulted that name. Yeah. And after the French Revolution, business for mayor was booming. He was now the middleman between Britain and the higher and the higher of the Hessian. Oh my gosh. Mercenaries. Oh, wow. Mercenaries. He was like the middleman between that. Once he got a handle on that, he took his business to the next level and started providing international loans. Oh, he's leveling up. Yeah, so like I said in the beginning, right time, right place, serendipitous, really. Had they not got, had he not gone to school, then had to come back early, got the apprenticeship, he would have never received the court court factor title to the prince and. So, like, he really did make the best of what he had and just kind of rolled with it. But had he not, like, had everything not fallen into place the way it did... Yeah, you maybe wouldn't have even had the opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, so... So, really... Silver lining, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that was all great for Amschel, but then what, how did... They continue it on, you know? Like, yeah, they it's a still. Good like, starting point. It's a good starting point, but it would take the family to continue it on for 400 years later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, in, um, in 1770, he married a woman named Guttle Schnapper. Guttle? Hey there, Guttle. Guttle? Guttle? Guttle. The first name? Guttle, Guttle, Guttle. Yeah. Is Guttle? Guttle. And the last name is Schnapper? Schnapper. Or maybe Schnapper. Schnapper? Schnapper. I like schnapps, so I wanted to say schnapper, but it could be schnapper. So they had a whopping fucking ten children together in that little tiny apartment above the shop. And they had five boys and five girls. Oh, wow. It's like the Brady Bunch. Yeah, the except they're all just one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor poor Guttle. But Cuddle really got her schnapps really spread. Dude, Guttle, 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 Guttle was busy. Guttle was 
something. She's had to cook and clean and pop out all these babies and yeah. So all the boys were named. Their like last name was Mayor Von Rothschild, and their mm. first names were Amschel, Salomon, Nathan, Carl's, and James. And then the girls were Shans, Jeanette, Isabel, Babette, Julie, and Hennette. I think Babette's so cute. I was just gonna say Babette is yeah, adorable. And this is like seven like seventeen hundreds and it's Babette. I mean Babette. Isabel, that seems like a really new name too. And, and even Julie Nathan, that's that's, that's a, a new yeah, that's Jay, a, like, seems like a newer name. But no, Nathan I think was in the Bible. Nathaniel. Oh. Yeah, that oh. was in the Bible. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've never even heard of the name Amstrol before. Like as a name ever. I've Amstrol. never heard Babette. I uh, you haven't? I have. I don't think so. That's where Barbie comes from. Barbie's what's what's short for Babette, I think. Not really. I think so. Wow. I never knew that. I thought Barbie was just a made up name. No. Like Barbie was just Barbie. Like no, that was a name. There's people that are older than Barbie doll with the Barbie name. Like Barbie Benson. She was a really famous playmate. She was one. She was like the most famous of Hugh Hefner's girlfriends of like all time. He was, she oh, was the girlfriend okay. in like the late seventies. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. and Barbie the doll was like found in like the late fifties, so she was already like born. Was the doll mod- modeled after her? No. Oh, no. okay. That's a name. Barbie's like a, a. It was a famous. name. It was like a popular, more popular name back then. I'm oh. pretty sure. And then Babette, like Babs. Hey, Babs. Have you ever yeah. heard the name Babs? I, yeah, maybe I have Betty? heard Babette. Well, Betty, yeah. Betty, but that's I know Beatrice. Betty. Yeah. yeah, but I guess that'd be Beatrice. I don't know. Anyways. So, and you're going to see that a lot of the names, um, they reuse. They have, like, no imagination. They just reuse the same names over and over and over hmm. and over and over again in here. So, you'll, you'll notice that. So, anyways, in 1806, Napoleon invaded Hesse. And this only helped the Rothschild business as he profited from importing goods around Napoleon's continental blockade and getting the goods into Hesse. So he worked with Napoleon? No, he worked against Napoleon, but he was trying to get them around Napoleon. Oh, got you. So yeah, he was yeah, able to sorry. like bring in stuff. Yeah, that no one else was get, able that to. That nobody else was able to because he was doing international finance and all that. Yeah. So it's like when war happens and batch happens, he found the silver lining and makes more money. And so he's almost like an opportunist. He's like, mm-hmm. like I thought of, um, did you ever see the movie Ice Age? I think it was. Um, well, d- yes. Well, no, not the first one. It Was it the first one? I get them all confused because we watch all of them all the time. Yeah. But I don't think it was the first one. It definitely was not the first one now that I think about it. It was the one where they were going to flood. I think it was Dawn of the Dinosaurs, and they fl- the the flood was coming, whatever. So this guy who was always like selling things like out of his shell or whatever, oh, like whatever he was doing. Yes, and yes. then his friend goes it was like a turtle dude. He yeah. crawled into the river, and then some like yeah, it was Dawn of the Dinosaurs because the dinosaur comes up and eats his friend, and then pops out the shell, and then he goes. Oh. Shell for sale, move mobile house. Yeah, like I'm like, dude. I'm just like picturing that. Like that's what these people are doing. Is like, they're like opportunists. But then again, whenever there is war, people like it. War is for profit, and they always everyone always tries to anybody that can profit from war, they will. You should see everything they profit from. You gotta look at, like, we'll get into it. It's pretty fucking, it gets pretty scandalous sometimes. Yeah. So, he started investing funds in London, 
And when he started doing that, he realized that he would need to open up a shop over in London. So he sent his son Nathan to London to run it. Nathan even became a London citizen. Okay. And in 1811, the Grand Duke of Frankfurt abolished a law that Napoleon had made. um, Freeing all Jews living in Frankfurt that were forced to live in the ghetto and only do business with other Jewish people, along with all the descendants that they should enjoy the same civil rights and privileges equal with other citizens. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, but in exchange for the freedom... The Jewish community would have to pay a fee of 400,000 florins. What? So they are taxing them. Yeah, a florin was currency that they used back in. It's, like, no longer used in, like, most countries. I think they use it in, like, one or two countries still, but it's not. Yeah, it's not It used to be, like, the main thing. Yeah. So guess who loaned the money to the community? For, to pay the The, money for the Jews? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the, um, mayor. Mayor Frickin' Rothschild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, mayor, being the opportunist he truly was, sent his son Jacob to expand business in Paris. Okay. Don't you want to know why? Well, everybody, Paris is a, the, the romantic city of love. Uh-huh. Well, here it was so they could finance well, the Wellington armies when they invaded France and eventually took down Napoleon during the Battle of Waterloo in 1815. Oh, wow. Gosh. So they're, like, so really they, in it now. They yeah. are opportunists. That's what I'm telling they're you. Like, really in it like now. They're, wow. like, taking anything, like, they're making lemons out, or lemonade out of lemons. Well, they were already, yeah, because they were, like, they did the, um, before when they were trying to get the goods, like, around where Napoleon was and stuff, right? Yeah. And then, then now they're, like, they're taking getting... Napoleon, helping to take Napoleon yeah. down. So, sadly, Mayer died in 1812. So, he wasn't that old. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, um, I should have written it down. I don't know why I didn't write that one down. But, yeah, he wasn't as old as I feel like he should have been. But, anyways, um, so, Amschel, the oldest son took over the Frankfurt Bank. Solomon expanded business to Vienna. Nathan, still in Paris, became the largest London bank, and it was called N.M. Rothschild and Sons. Mm. Jacob, at some point in time, all of a sudden his name was changed to James. Okay. Don't know why, don't know when. And took over Nathan's Paris bank. Carl went to Naples and opened his own bank. And they were referred to as the Five Arrows of Banking. So they all have their all own private five banks. Went, yeah, to different all over Europe. And um, they definitely did some scandalous and morally questionable things in their life. So, we're going to go down the list. Because these are the Five Arrows of Banking and then everything kind of um, spirals down from that. Okay. So, firstborn son Amschel Meyer von Rothschild was born June 12, 1773 and died December 6, 1855. He had no children. So, his nephews, Carl's son... Sons eventually took over the Frankfurt location, which is, like, where they lived, where, yeah. you know, all that. Um, their names were Mayor Carl and Wilhelm Carl. I'm telling you, they all just name each other after each other. Yeah. Um, so the second-born son, Solomon Mayor von Rothschild, was born on September 9th, 1774. He had one son, Anselm Solomon Rothschild, and a daughter, Betty von Rothschild. 
1817, he was made a shareholder by his brother James in the Paris branch. During this time, apparently Solomon's daughter, Betty, got super close to her uncle James. They end up getting married. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's scandalous. Well, apparently this time, uh, this type of marriage is called endogamy. It was, it's when people only marry within a certain group of people and they reject outsiders as to keep money within the family and also keep a pure bloodline. Oh. So this was, you know how it's po- it was popular among, like, royal people? Yeah, okay. And then, remember, they finally figured out that, like, incest causes, like, deformities and shit? Yeah. And, like, all this bad shit? Or they just have spontaneous, like, a, a miscarriages and stuff. Yeah, it just, it's not healthy. Yeah. So that's why it's legal, like, at least in the United States now. But other countries, I'm not sure if they still do that other places. But the reason for this wasn't to keep the pure bloodline, it was just to keep money in the family. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to figure, um, I was trying to figure out and try to justify, like, maybe they weren't really that close, or maybe this or that, and I couldn't justify it, so we're just going to go with the money thing. Yeah. So. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense that there, it sounds like it was almost like an arranged marriage. Like, they probably told her, you're going to marry him because blah, 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 and I'm sure she didn't have a lot of choices. Yeah, probably, no, probably not, so. In 1820, Solomon was sent to open the Vienna branch in Austria. This was named S.M. von Rothschild. This time, they financed the Nordbahn Rail Transport Network, which was Austria's first steam railway. Not only did they finance the railway, but they also took on other several government projects. Oh, wow. Solomon's connections were deep within all the aristocrats and the royals in Austria and really, like, all over Europe. Like, he was the one that would go out, like, he is the, like, really, like, um, I think he was the one that, that did the most mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So, apparently, his branch was the one that basically introduced the Austrian economy, like, made it boom, made it happen. Before that, they didn't really have an economy or anything. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, Emperor Francis was so grateful for him and his brothers and his family that everything that they had done for Austria, that me- he made... He made him and all of his brothers Austrian nor- nobility. Oh, yeah. Except Nathan declined the honor. Why? Don't know. In 1822, he was given the title Freyr by the emperor, which translates to baron. So now he's Baron Salomon von Rothschild. And, um, Mayor von Rothschild. Whatever. And you keep saying von... Vaughn. 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 Vaughn is... It's, a, it's like... Um, I think it's like of. No, I think it's sir... So it's like when you're like knighted and you're like sir. Oh really? Da, 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 da. I know that they got sir eventually. There's like Sir Nathan. Like Nathan became a sir at one point. Yeah, because I'm not gonna say my last name on here just because. Yeah. But people that know me know my last name. But um, before my like way back ancestors yeah. came here, um, there was a Vaughn in front of our our last name. Yeah. And then it got changed. So um, and then I. We were like, well, why would it get changed? And then it's because it was, like, the sir. But it's, like, not everybody had the sir. So, like, my or my it, dad it didn't only, have the sir. Like, or it, only, it could only go down so many generations yeah. before the sir gets dropped. Mm-hmm. All right, well. Yeah. So, Solomon's personal wealth afforded him, like, all the luxuries. He was able to invest in art, property, and antiques. And when I say personal wealth, I mean not part of the Rothschild family dynasty. Because... That wealth is something completely different. That's oh. their trust. They also have, that's like their trust money. They're just family money. Yeah. That's completely different than their personal wealth. 
So, Salman's personal wealth afforded him um, to invest in art, property, and antiquities. And he also made several generous donations to philanthropic causes. Philanthropic. (laughs) Oh, I can't say it either. Yeah, it's hard. Um, Like philanthropy, but philanthropic. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I know. I know the word in my head. I know. I, I, I think we all know. Anyways, we're gonna get we corrected. Know what we already is. know we're gonna get corrected. Yeah, on no, this. it's fine. It's but fine. Philanthropy. <laughs> I want to say it. Finley, how do you say it? Fin- philanthropy. 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 How do you say it? But we need philanthropic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just said yeah, yeah like, like that. that. No, I don't think that's. Right. I just think I'm saying it funny. Anyways, unfortunately, Australians. Um, we are definitely saying yeah, it funny. Like, I just think my mouth, my mouth isn't like my tongue. My my, I'm not properly like my muscles that are supposed to yeah. say that word can't mm-hmm. do it. That's like when you do good things for other people and you help the world. And yeah, there you go. But Australians got jealous of the elite and their wealth. It's just like nowadays, everyone's like. Elon Musk needs to give more money to people. I was like, dude, he gives money all the time, like, helping people and stuff, but it's never enough because people are jealous, and Well, because they're they're not the ones getting it. If they got it, they wouldn't say shit. I know, right? (laughs) So, um, because of this jealousy, there were many anti-Rothschild revolutions in the 1840s. Oh, wow. And this hatred got to be way too much for him, so he retired at the age of 74, moved to Paris, and he died on... July 28th, 1855, at the age of 81, if I did my math right, I don't know. But, I mean, and retiring at 74 is fine, I mean, yeah. yeah. no, so, but he just, he was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Yeah. So then it was kind of like, well, guess what? Now Austria, so much for your philanthropy. <laughs> All the even... donations he's caused. <laughs> he, so he left the Vienna, Vienna Bank to his son, Anselm. Anselm. Okay, so this one... <laughs> I just want to say it. So this third-born son, Nathan Mayer Rothschild, was born on September 16, 1977. He had seven children, four boys, and three girls. Nathan was said to be the most accomplished out of the brothers. And I was, like, doing all this. I'm like, dude, this one, this guy's good. Like, he did a lot of scandalous shit, unethical, you know, morally questionable. But he did... So much, he made so much money and he worked around so much shit and like, he was just like, oh really, I guess like, he's a very straightforward person and just like, no, no gives a, like, no, zero fucks given attitude, just, this is what it is, I have this, you don't, I'll lend this to you and you'll pay top dollar, sorry, supply and demand motherfuckers and I know what I'm doing. Yeah, like he was just, he was was, And Nathan was the one that um, he sent first to London. Remember that his dad, his dad had sent first to London. So Nathan had been in it. So he had the most experience. Yeah. 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 So um, he did a whole lot. And this is what gives us an idea as to what will come with the future generations. Mm. So if they all acted like this, it makes sense as to why they were so... That's known. where they got that fight in them yeah. from, from Nathan. They got and he that, had like, seven kids, so his yeah. definitely, like, trickles. Yeah, yeah. So when Nathan was 21, he went to Manchester, England, and made a business in textile trading and finance. Mm-hmm. So I had to literally look up textile textile trading because I was like, well, yeah, that's I'm like, like fabric, but what does that have to do with, with finance? And it's literally the trade in clothing fabrics like 
as in like any cloth and it just it still doesn't sound right to me but that's all I could find like the manufacturing the just the production but you think about it and it's like that was like the main thing back then they need clothes yeah but wait a minute he was in London he was in Manchester, England. Oh, England? Yeah. Well, you know, in Europe, that's where, like, high fashion is in Europe. Oh, you're right. I don't know I about, wonder if like, that's, like, you know, yeah, London, Paris Fashion Week. Paris, Milan. Paris, France, yeah. Like, they have all of, all of the big designers, a lot of them are from Europe and, and like, more, um, you know, Western, like, we don't have, I mean, I'm not saying that we don't have any big, but no, but, you know, it, but it I mean, started you, you hear, there. yeah, so yeah. it makes sense to me that he would um, he was just, get into that because I feel yeah. like that's probably what he saw that's, around him. Yeah, that's that what was like making Chanel, a lot of money. Like, all that stuff comes from France. And, yeah. Oh, wow, that's so that's smart. Um. Yeah. No. It just. I was like. I just kept googling it. Like. I. I put in like stock exchange. This. That. Like trying mm-hmm. to figure out. I always came up with the same thing. And so. even even like places like I I learned about this. Um, there's one called uh, Nuno Fashion that's in Japan, which I know is not in the same area japan is japan but like where they actually make their own textiles so like they make their own fabric from scratch like the designers that like you're we're talking about and like they make everything from scratch and um they only make so much of it so he could have been dealing with textile fabrics Uh, that it's like you there's only you know 500 yards and that's it. And that's it. And you yeah. and this is this was designed by whoever in that you know what I mean? Like yeah. whatever designer, you're never gonna find that again. And then it makes it even more valuable. That makes it, sense. They hype no, it. it totally makes it's sense. It's not like I don't think it's like mass produced like, like nowadays. Yeah. Everything is no, this produced. is like yeah. probably stuff that is made in um like lower quantities so they can say, Oh, this is rare, this is yeah. yeah, no, it makes sense. So, in 1804, Nathan uh, got into the London Stock Exchange. So, that's obviously, he had to move to London, and so he was sent to London. Mm-hmm. All at the same time, it all happened. Um, so, he made his money in London by trading bills of exchange and dealing with foreign bills and government securities. If you notice, almost everything they do, they have prominently placed themselves in the most profitable and best bi- best positions to be in within the government in the mm, world. Yeah. This is... And, pro- and I like that you said world, because they are they everywhere. Are, yeah. yeah, and this is probably one of the reasons they are all they are connected to all these conspiracies. When something wonky happens in the world, there's always a Rothschild nearby. But the Rothschilds were always nearby. It's mm-hmm. not like it's happening because the Rothschilds are yeah. there. They're just always there. Yeah. So... Anyways, Nathan ended up being a Freemason oh, okay. of the Emulation Lodge Number no. Twelve of the Premier Lodge of England in 1802. In 1809, Nathan was dealing in gold bullion, bullion, and his business name became N. M. Rothschild and Sons. Okay, Nathan so now Mayer's, he's in the gold. Yeah. yeah. In 1811, and so you'll see through all this, you'll hear the same like it's almost like different points of views Mm -hmm. because it's like their biography not somebody else not their brothers but they're all intertwined because in 1811 nathan negotiated with commissary general john charles harris to pay wellington troops and made subsidiary payments to british allies which we already heard that he was doing this 
from when I was talking about yeah. Mayor, Mayor, um, Amsher, or Mayor, Amsher, Mayor. Oh my gosh, Rothschild. <laughs> I know what you mean. All yeah. the names, because they keep saying, like, the name, yeah. Yeah. It, it can get it. a little confusing because the names do the repeat names, themselves. Yeah, so. But that's just how they named that's, their family so members. Yeah. <laughs> In the 1840s, elite French socialists started attacking Nathan's morale by saying that he knew the outcome of the Battle of Waterloo before anyone else in the British cabinet. Oh. And that battle happened in 1850. So, um, it was way later, but however, Nathan profited so much from the battle that people knew that the only way he could have profited is by knowing the outcome before the rest of the world. So he was able to pull funds from Mm -hmm. the London Stock Exchange before he lost his money. And, um, and so it's like, could this be like the first accusation of insider trading? Yeah, it sounds like it. And so they say that he essentially frauded the rest of the British stockholders by mar- by making their stocks plummet. Yeah. So they, so, I, not I sure. mean, I mean, how would he know? I mean, I guess it's I'll possible. I'll tell you about it in a second. So, um... So, remember in the, in the 40s, Solomon retired in the 40s because of the outrage of the people in his country and if you look at both Solomon and Nate's lives side by side their business ventures both coincide with the same wars and the same global issues and they both that they both dealt with and profited all of it in different ways yet they always came in on top like mm-hmm. it's so interesting and the reason why he was able to get information so fast was all due to the speed of their prized racing pigeons that were owned Wait by a all the Courier pigeons? Well, everybody did. But theirs were only owned by the Rothschilds, so they could get messages across the country quicker than You know what is so funny is, like, I'm thinking these people are, like, emailing each other and shit. No, because they didn't have that. No, you, like, telegrams (laughs) or whatever. So they would use pigeons. They pigeons. But everybody, so the courier person... Gave the pigeons, like, oh, war is almost over. Whatever, whatever update. So do they think he intercepted a pigeon? No. I they, mean, to get the insider information. But that's not insider. He would have found it oh, eventually. Yeah. But his pigeon was quicker. Because they all had racing pigeons. <laughs> you know what? I would really love to, like, somehow get a hold of a pigeon and send you a message I think you have to house. be trained somehow. I know, but they have them. And then, like, no, they you don't still send, have you Do they still can, have them? I don't know. We'll find them. I and then you about, can send me a message back to my house, and we can, like, do a show on it. We can time it and see how many hours, days, uh, minutes. <laughs> it should. I mean, like, you think about it, it should only take, know. like, two hours. I just want to know. I know. It would be fun. Um, I just dude, I need a pigeon for just at work. I, I always tell the guys, like, I wish that we could do, like, the telephone with a with a cup and put a hole in the wall and do a, do a string and put another cup on the other side of the wall. Hello. What? You need an intercom. We do. I just <laughs> you yell. Need a cur- you need you know, a little hamster that's trained to run back and forth the notes. Oh, my God. We never <laughs> did put the hole in the wall for the hamster. We had a hamster once at work. <laughs> His name was Burtis. We had him for about six months until nobody took care of him. So, like, the guys just did not keep up. They're like children, and they didn't keep their promise of cleaning their cage, and I got sick of it, so. Was he released to the wild? No, we gave him to a family. Because he had so many accessories, because the guys really vested into it. He had a little car that he'd drive around. 
in the shop, and he had yeah. little balls and everything, and he had, like, tunnels, like, in- No, I, I do remember seeing him. Yeah. I like, went there, and he, I do remember seeing that he had a very elaborate He had, it was, he had habitat. a bath. I'm not even gonna call it a cage. It was, like, a habitat, because yeah, he, had he had these tunnels and these, like, All sorts of different cages tubes. that led to other cages. Yeah. He had so many accessories. He had, um, Jackie got him a, a bath. Like, a bath. Like, literally, you're supposed to put him in there and, like, wash him. Did anybody ever wash him? No. Nobody washed him. I don't think you're supposed to do that. They washed themselves. I know. I don't know, dude. But these guys, my employees were buying shit for this damn hamster left and right. Finley had a hamster. Its name was Pikachu. Oh, I remember that. And sadly, he passed away. They only live, like, a year or two. Do they? Yeah, it's only not long. Oh, well, then we got him for, like, half his life. Yeah, they don't live that long. <laughs> but, but, but it so, was very sad, and we loved him dearly. Was, so, um, Bertus kept escaping. Oh. And he Pikachu would be gone. Escaped before, He too. would be gone for weeks, and then all of a sudden, we'd find him in the bottom of, like, a bucket. Thank God it wasn't filled with coolant or whatever. He didn't oh, get God. lost in a machine or something. And, um... He, we just, he probably just found, like, where the stacks were, and he's, like, all... Yeah, he just find. I don't know. And then and then we would find him, and we're still finding That little, was my hamster-eating voice, by the oh, way. Oh, is that what that was? I was wondering what, what stacks were in, in general, but... Um, we're still finding, like, in toolboxes and stuff, we'll find little, like, pieces of, like, his little nest from when he was hidden out. Oh! Because he would bring things, and you we would see it, like, there'd be food missing from his cage, there'd be bedding moved around, so he was taking it from his cage, and then taking it to a different location to make a new bed. Yeah. And so, at some point, like, I was just like, like I'm moving out. Yeah, like, I was like, at some point, I was like, let's just let him be free, like, he seems to be doing really well in the shop, <laughs> and Brad was like, there's gonna be, like, hamster piss and shit everywhere, we can't do that. Oh, so stupid. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Back to this. So, um, yeah, we, um, <laughs> yeah, the pigeons are just, like, in, I, so, anyways, so these racing pigeons are amazing. They were noted as being Rothschild's business strategy from 1820 to 1850. Like, it was part of their business strategy was these, like, racing pigeons. I've never even seen a pigeon race. They don't, like, we don't have racing, like, we have race horses. We don't have any race birds. I mean, they were smart to use them. Yeah, they were. Um, okay, so in 1818, Nathan gave a 5 million pound loan to the Prussian government as well as various other bonds and loans. That would be over a half a billion pounds today at 548 million pounds. Also, these loans were were high interest loans. Which, if you are the only one with the money, it makes sense to exploit and take advantage of the people needing money. I'm surprised none of the Rothschilds haven't run for presidency. Oh. Like, because they're all so selfish and power hungry anyways. They'd fit right in. I was just thinking my grandma used to always tell me that we were Prussian. I'm like, too bad nobody in my family got any of that money. That's no, a lot of money. Yeah, but they're always... They were they were loaning it. You're, I you'd know. still be... So, anyways, in 1825, Nathan had supplied enough money to the Bank of England that he single-handedly averted in the England's liquidity, liquid, liquid, liquidity, liquidity crisis, liquidity, liquidity crisis. That's like a tongue twister. Oh my gosh! Why can't we talk? So anyways, as if Nathan wasn't doing enough already, he decided to start up a new business venture with his brother-in-law, Sir Moses Montefiore. 
Moses Ma- what? Sir Moses Matefior. 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 Fior. 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 Matefior. And he founded a sister company to his existing, existing bank, Alliance British and Foreign Life and Fire Insurance Company. This company would underwrite maritime risks and handle insurance policies. Oh, wow. And, um, of course, Nathan couldn't stop there, so then he purchased Sun Insurance and renamed their insurance company Sun Alliance. And, okay, ready for this one? Is it insurance fraud? No. (laughs) So, this, this next little bit of him, this is when my holy fucking shit meter, like, went ding, 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 fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, in 1833... The slavery abolished, oh my god. Abolished? They abolished slavery? Yes, act was put into effect by Earl Grey. Ultimately, removing Napoleon's previous, the whole, like, slavery is cool law, right? Yeah, yeah. So then, in 1837, the Slave Compensation Act was approved. Oh, so they got, um, what's the word, uh... Reimbursed, like, compensated for... Yeah, yeah, compensated. who, who, Who got compensated? The Jews? That's what I thought. No, yeah. But um, it wasn't the Jews. I think that it, they were the black pe- the African Americans that were black people were being slaves even in England. Oh, okay, okay. But I was just going back yeah, to I was no, thinking yeah, about no, the whole you Jew. Were thinking, yeah. But no. So in my naive mind, I thought the same thing. Like, yeah. oh my God, they're the, they're compensating the free people for being slaves all their life. No, they weren't. They were fucking compensating the the slave owners oh, because what? they lost their workers. Fuck. So, right? I was like, I had to reread wait that. Wait a minute. Then, so the African Americans, the black people, they didn't even get any money? No, the owners did. Holy shit. That's but up. they had to give, so the whole thing was like $15 million pounds of money. Yeah. Um, To like compensate all these slave owners for everything. Guess who gave the money to loan? Hmm. One guess. Nathan fucking Rothschild, and it gets fucking better because Nathan fucking Rothschild himself had 158 slaves. So he got a lot of money. He received 2,571 pounds from this. So he got his money back like tenfold. Yeah. Because he lent it, got back money right away, and then got the high interest loan from the money that he lent that he would be getting back anyways. So he got his money twice back again. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So... 15 million pounds then comes to 1.51 billion today. Oh, shit. No wonder they have so much money. And so Nathan got like... Because that's just one transaction that he did, not yeah, even so, everything. So for the slaves that Nathan freed, his compensation thing, yeah. Nathan got just a measly 259,000 pounds in today's standards. That's all. Oh, and it gets worse. Ready for this one? The British taxpayers had to pay the loan back yeah and this loan was taken out in 1837 guys 1837 and the british taxpayers just paid this off in 2015 shut up 178 years later that's how long it took for a whole country to pay off this so if you pay taxes before 2015 you're paying back the slavery compensation act essentially giving money to the slave, slave owners, owners not even not the people the slaves, that were freed. not to help the freed people but yeah and then you want to talk about okay let's talk about this covid how california gave out 15 
billion or trillion yeah. or the 40 trillion or whatever that they sent to Ukraine. We have to pay that back. How many years? I mean, is it going to be our great, 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 like 15 generations now down, they're finally going to pay off this fucking loan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking insane. It's a lot of money. So that's probably why people don't give a shit about it because they're like, whatever, my kids will, like, my kids, it, like, it won't even be around. Like, I won't even be here to pay it back. Our so kids let's aren't just even going to pull our kids. will put money into but it. But we they will won't too, even, but their generation won't, nobody, won't yeah. even pay it off. No. But then it's like, okay, cool. So you're cool with taking all this money and doing all this. But it's not like the world is going to end, like, in our generation. So why are they worried about global warming if they're going to be fucking selfish assholes anyways? I don't know. I just think that's an insane amount of money. And I think that is fucked up that it went to the slave owners. And that at least the people were freed. At least the slaves were freed. But, but they still how paid free on really how were they? Because look how long slavery was even in America. We still had segregation for how long? Like, I know... Segregation, yeah. I know, it's not slaves, but still, like, Mm -hmm. it's this form of, you know? Yeah, so... Anyways. Yeah. Back to Nathan, because guess what? He's not done yet. No, no. In 1835, he got a contract with the Spanish government that would give him all the Almadid... Why can't I ever talk? Almadin mines in southern Spain. Wait, is that a place? Almadin? Al, it's Al, Almaden. Almaden Mines. It, okay. Mines. Okay. Um, in southern Spain. So this gave him an absolute monopoly over all the mercury in Europe. Mercury? Yeah. This man literally controlled everything. And like I said before, he's said to be like very crass and just blunt and didn't give a shit about anything. So on July 28th, 1836, Nathan freaking Rothschild died. and at the time of his death his personal wealth so not part of the Rothschild family dynasty but his personal wealth accounted for 0.62% of British national income wow 0.62 and that's just his personal wealth uh huh Nathan alone ensured the prominent position of the Rothschild family all across Europe What's funny is that when he was the one who declined the noble title from the emperor, he was the one that didn't want to. Yeah. Isn't that funny? He's like, I don't want the notoriety. I'm just one on the money. Yeah. So his (laughs) son, Lionel, Nathan Rothschild, took over the England bank. He is definitely the most accomplished brother and solidified the Rothschild name in world affairs. So so now we're on to the fourth son. Yeah. Carl Meyer von Rothschild was born April 24th, 1788. He had five children, one girl and four boys. Carl would be the son to open the Naples branch, CM, De Rothschild, and Figley, which was a satellite office to the main Frankfurt headquarters. Okay. Carl developed a strong business relationship with Luigi de Medici, the finance minister in Naples, as well as three other major European capitals. And the family had a complete advantage in everything they did. It was like almost like an unfair fight. Clients were the Bourbon King of Naples, hmm. the Vatican, Dukes of Parma, and Dukes of Tuscany. Wait, the Vatican? The was fucking Vatican. Yeah. That's the a lot Vatican. of money with the Vatican. In 1829, he was appointed to the council as the general, general of Sicily at Frankfurt. In 1832, Carl was given a ribbon and star of the sec- sacred military Constantinian Order of St. George. Which is one of the oldest and original orders of knighthood. 
Oh, wow. He died on March 10th, 1855. Um, and Solomon died the same year. Isn't that weird? Huh, yeah. But Solomon died in July. Okay. Yeah, but isn't that weird? I don't know. So, yeah. so he left a seventh of his estate to his daughter, Charlotte, and then the rest of the estate was divided equally between the three sons. So, all the sons got double what she got. So, she only got a seventh? Yeah, and they all got two sevenths. That's kind so, of messed up. They should have just done it evenly. Yeah, but whatever. So, anyways, Adolf Carl took over Carl's Naples Bank. In 1861, only six years after Carl's death, the Naples location was closed and merged with the original Frankfurt location, which goes to show you that, like, as the generations are going down, it's just Mm -hmm. not, they're not taking interest to it, maybe? I'm not sure, like, why, what, maybe they're, maybe they had morals and shit? I don't know. So, anyways. (laughs) Times are changing. So, fifth and final son, James Meyer de Rothschild, um, and remember, he, he changed his name to, from Jacob, or... To James, right? To James, or it was opposite. No, Which I'm pretty I'm sure it was Jacob. Well, now that it I was rem- Jacob to James. Okay, I remember you said that. So he was born May fifteenth, seventeen ninety two, and this is the one that married Solomon's daughter Betty. Betty was born in eighteen oh five, so there's only a thirteen year age difference. Which in hindsight isn't that bad, but the no. problem is if he had watched her grow up, but he didn't. He was at home in Frankfurt while Solomon was in Paris with his new with his family and Betty. Yeah, so he so he didn't grow up with her. James and Solomon were eighteen years apart, mm. so they were like their brothers, but they were pretty far apart. That is far apart, but there was a lot of kids. So. But by the time that James moved to Paris, he was twenty, and that would have made Betty seven. That just sounds it's creepy. Just bad. I was hoping that Betty was like sixteen or something or seventeen, something older. But no, she was she was just a kid. She, yeah, no, I was really rooting for him, but but did he meet her when she was seven? Yeah, he, that's when he moved in with oh, the family. Oh yeah, that is kind of weird because in seven is kind of like you do see them grow up. Yeah, yeah you really do. That's yeah, like Max is almost seven. Yeah, He'll be seven in six months. Like, yeah, but I wonder how much interaction they really had with each other. Like, I don't know. I know. I I don't know. I don't know. I just yeah, because maybe it was just a work. Th- I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to even think about it. I already put too much thought into it. Yeah. I've already yeah. done my research and tried well, to justify we'll, we'll it. We'll save that it. for another type of episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, James is the pedo in the family. And yeah. let's... Ugh. And so, I guess every family might have one. I don't know statistics on that, but yeah. Yeah. So, him and Betty went on to have five kids. One girl and four boys. So, he had moved to Paris in 1812 to help with James Bank. James's bank. From 1814 to 1850... He is James, so I don't know why that says that. I must have put in the wrong brother. I, I think I meant to say Nathan's bank. On James which part? Bank. I said, I said, like I said, he moved to Paris in 1812 to help with James' bank. He is James. So he can't help with a bank that he's, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, but, yeah, yeah, he probably did. No, he, he went to go help Nathan. Nathan, so yeah. So from 1814 to 1815, he was used as the linchpin for his brother Nathan's plan to furnish the Wellington's armies with funds. So mm-hmm. he was, like, pretty much the middleman. Yeah. While Nathan was so busy doing, like, the other things that mm-hmm. he clearly did, he needed assistance everywhere. Yeah. So, anyways, in 1817, he expanded the bank franchise in Paris, opening De Rothschild Fieras. In 1823, James became the banker for the French government. Because why not? Oh, wow. 
This family has to have their greedy little paws on everything and everybody's money. So, that's my own personal jealousy coming up. (laughs) Well, they are definitely involved with everything at this point, yeah. Yeah, so in 1824, he married Betty. I'm going to pretend that he lived with her family for a year before going on with his other brother. (laughs) And he came back in 1817 when she was already 12. And maybe that would be a little better. I don't know. Uh, We're hoping for the best. She was 19 when they married. I'm telling you, I put a lot of thought into this whole, like, Betty and James situation. Yeah, yeah. James Mayer was the most powerful banker in the country. He served as the financial advisor to the ministers and kings in the country. After the Napoleonic Wars, he financed the construction of the railroads and mining businesses in France to boost their economy. He also dabbled in importer tea and wine. Mm, okay. He was one of the richest men in the world. Alongside mm-hmm. his brothers, no doubt. Oh, sure. In July 1830, the French Revolution made King Louis... Philip King, like, made him king. Yeah. And James Mayer, it sounded funny because king is twice, but James Mayer loaned money to stabilize the new government and then a second loan in 1834. King Lewis made him the grand officer of the Legion of Honor. So in the 1830s, these brothers had so much money loaned out to almost every government agency in Europe. So everybody was in debt to them. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, they have to, like, listen to them mm-hmm. for whatever they want they get. Mm-hmm. After the French Revolution of 1848, King Louis Philip abdicated the throne. Mm-hmm. And Emperor Napoleon III took over, and James lost his political stance. But only for, like, a hot minute. Because he's a Rothschild, got that golden touch. Yeah. And in 18... Um, and then he ended up just... Um, he ended up financing Emperor Napoleon III. Because why not? And getting back everything that he yeah. had lost. Yeah. In 1852, he had to defend himself from all the attacks, uh, from the attacks of a credit mobilier. It seems right around the time that every country, that was like right when like everybody in Europe was having issues with the Rothschild sons. Mm. That was all about the same time, the 40s, 1852. So, Is that because everyone was owing them money? And they I don't were... know. They're just like pissed off. Just like yeah. you were pissed off at Musk and everything for buying Twitter. Who fucking cares, guys? It's social media. Yeah, nobody Sorry. cares. Yeah, so in 1860, or in, in, I put 19 again. 1868, James purchased a Chateau Lafitte, a vineyard located in France, and it's still owned today by his family. In, a 19, in 1868, Chopin, the famous Polish composer. Yeah, composer, I've heard the, composer, yeah, I've heard the composer, name. Composer, he dedicated Vols Op 64, number 2, in C sharp minor to James' daughter, Charlotte. Aww. And apparently Chopin taught her and her mother, Betty, how to play the piano. Aww. That's Cute, sweet. Huh? Yeah. James died in November 15, 1868, at the age of 77. And at his funeral, like, slash viewing, there were over 4,000 guests that were waiting in various drawing rooms, while 6,000 waited in the courtyard and thousands and thousands of citizens lined the streets. Wow. So it's a telltale sign of someone who is truly has helped the people and um, he must have been, like, very nice, and he must have been, like, the more useful one, even though Nathan did all this, like, philanthropic donations. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> his children, Alphonse and Gustave, took over the French bank, and his industrial interests spread as far as Africa and to the South Seas by the time of his death. This was the beginning of the legacy that their father, Mayor Amschel Rothschild, had dreamt of. 
Mayer is known as the founding father of international finance, and he was listed number seven on Forbes' list, 20 most influential, influential businessmen of all time. And mm. this list was compiled in 2005. Wow. The following generations would prove to have their own set of issues. Cousins used to were like fighting over banks, properties, money, everything. The London bank fi- eventually ran out of Rothschilds to run it, so it closed down and came together with the French bank. Wow. They just like ran that out. That is so interesting. But you have to think to the first that... son didn't even have any kids. Oh, yeah. You know, the first son didn't have kids, and there were like, and then they're, they're fighting and stuff, and they had already shut down the, um, which bank, the Vienna bank. Because whatever happened, like, it was, the five arrows have died off now. Yeah. So. So we're in a whole new generation. We're in a whole and new. And how are they going to keep it going? How are they yeah. going to. So, yeah. So, um, I didn't really get too de- into depth about all, so much of that. But, um, here's a rundown that, of the seven pure blood Rothschilds that are alive today that are over the age of 18. Because I'm sure some of these have kids, but they're, I didn't, they're not doing anything yet. So. Yeah. Um. So they 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 seem like they don't have the family no, notoriety that they did once have, but um, this is still like they're still prominent because we still hear about them. So Nathaniel Nat Rothschild was born July twelfth, nineteen seventy one, and he currently lives in Switzerland and is worth one billion billion B. Mm-hmm. He is a great, great, great grandson of Mayor Amschel through his son, Carl Mayer. Oh, wow. Gosh. So then, David Meyer de Rothschild was born in August 25th, 1978. And I actually, I looked him up on Instagram, and I think that he'd be so cute for you. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yes! <laughs> he's, he's a British adventurer. And his Instagram is, like, awesome, and he does a lot of philanthropy stuff. Oh, you stuff. told me about... I looked him up, he, actually. He made a boat yeah. out of, like, plastic bo- bottles, and he just looks like a surfer hipster dude from L.A. <laughs> and he is... He's living in, like, Santa Monica or L.A., somewhere up there right now. And he's apparently now friends with Angelina Jolie, and he is worth $10 billion. He is the great, 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 great grandson of Mayor Amschel through his son Carl, just like... Nate Nathaniel was the dude before. They share the gra- the same great great grandma, and then their lineage parts ways. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, it makes sense that he would be friends with Angelina Angelina Jolie because she's a she does the same yeah. type of uh-huh. work and and she has the same passions and exactly. And yeah. So I can see them being friends. Yeah. So Evan James Rothschild was born in January thirtieth, nineteen seventy seven, and is David's brother. And he is a banker, and his net worth is $5 million. And Emma Georgina Rothschild was born May 16th, 1948, in London. $5 sounds low for a Rothschild. I know, but it's... Oh, I so, mean, it's a lot of money, but, but it I does mean, seem low, huh? Yeah. But this is personal wealth, not... Oh, not you know, generational yeah, or family. the dynasty. It's yeah. called the, di- the Rothschild oh, the dynasty. dynasty. Yeah, we're talking Come about on. a dynasty It's a fucking here. dynasty. I'm like, generational wealth, old money? No, this, no, is, this is a, is a fucking, fucking dynasty. dynasty. <laughs> she, it's literally called the Rothschild family <laughs> dynasty when you, like, Google it and shit. So she has been... Um, so Emma Georgina Rothschild has been a professor a professor for several prestigious universities and co- colleges, including MIT. She is a great, 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 great granddaughter to Meyer Amschel. She is Nathaniel Phillips' aunt. Oh. His father was her brother, and her net worth is supposedly $5 million. 
Okay. Edward Etienne Alphonse de Rothschild was born December 27, 1905. He is still in banking. He can't still be in banking. Does he live in France? He'd be 100 and something years old. I must have put this wrong. He, must, he was born in 1950 something. Does he live in France? 1950. Um. Yeah. No. He. He. He's the one that lives. Um. That owns the vineyard. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He is still in banking and owns a portion of the family vineyard. His great great grandfather was James Mayer. So that's only two greats. Yeah. It's not like the eight that. Like no, we're else. getting down. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So he is worth currently worth one billion. Baron David Rene James de Rothschild. Was born on December fifteenth, nineteen forty-two, and he is Eduardo's half brother. He's in banking and owns other portion, the other portion of the family vineyard, and he's also worth one billion dollars. Wow. Charlotte Henriette de Rothschild, born on November twentieth, nineteen fifty-five, and is a world-renowned lyricist. Oh. Isn't that fun? And she has a net worth of five million. Her great 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 grandfather was Carl Mayer. Her great great grandmother was Charlotte, so who she was named after? Yeah, yeah. Um, the so and Carl Mayer, remember? And sh- um, mm-hmm. Charlotte was his daughter, and mm-hmm. Charlotte was the one that Chopin wrote the the, the, the thing for and taught the piano. So yeah. it's like now she's a lyricist, and she was named after. Isn't that fun? Would it be a sonnet? I don't. Is know. that what they call it? I don't know. I don't know. So right now, the Rothschild family fortune is worth four hundred billion dollars total. And、uh, the mayor Amschel Rothschild like really did pass on like quote unquote generational wealth.、Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Rothschild family is going away anytime soon, or at least not for the next ten generations, because that's like so much money. And then they still have different banks that they. Yeah, they still yeah they still have a few banks left, and they still they're in the banking world and all that. But I just wanted to know where where they came from. Uh, my references is family dot rothschild archive dot org, and they have their whole history of their entire family, what they did, everything, and also the Britannica.、Uh, I did like the World Book Britannica, yeah, yeah. just to get like certain info, added information. But yeah, yeah, it's like they they go back a while, and they you know his legacy lives on, like it worked. So we Probably, need to、uh, make a trip to Santa Monica. Yeah, we have to go find David. David Mayer de Rothschild, we're coming for you. <laughs> oh, I guess I shouldn't say it like that, but well, no, we're not. Nice we just want to interview wanna, you. No, we just want to know. I want to set you up with Heather. <laughs>、no. She needs. She needs a husband worth billions. <laughs> stop. <laughs> You're all stop. 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 No, no, I'm just kidding. No, don't no, stop. No. Don't stop. No. You can be your. She'll be your sugar baby. <laughs> I will I'll, not I'll be, be any. The, I'll be I the will, fun friend that keeps her occupied. <laughs> I, all I need is an Amex. For the record, I will not be anyone's sugar I'll baby. I'll be. I, I just need a black Amex to keep her satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work out, right? I mean, so we can do some philanthropist stuff. <laughs> Philanthropy. Philanthropic. Philanthropy. Philanthropic. Philopranny. What I can't say the word. No, I, her, I just don't her, listen to me right now. And like, stop listening. Just share, like, subscribe. <laughs> right? Do all of that. Share, like, subscribe. <laughs> tell your friends. Email us. Um, um, now, conspiraciesunlocked at gmail dot com. <laughs> But now, if you go to our Instagram, which is conspiracies unlocked, 
you can click it. We have a link in our bio, and it's going to have little icons, and you can click on each icon. If you want to email us, you just click that little icon, and it'll send it right to us. Oh, my God. That's so easy, Heather. I'm trying Why to, didn't we think of this before? I'm trying to simplify, simplify, <laughs> simplify it for yeah. our listeners. Um, and then we also have something that's fun. The day's not even over, and we've had over 85 downloads in one day. Yay, that's like a lot for one day. It is a lot for one day for considering a, like, this is only month two. Yeah. So. It's exciting. Thank you thank guys. You Keep so listening. Much. And thank you guys so much for going on this journey with us. We've had a lot of fun doing it so far. Um, email us, like, subscribe, and have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.